Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Welcome to Politics and Bros. This is the podcast where two guys who spent their careers on the inside of federal politics and government are now on the outside and only have each other to talk about how things are going. Today is August 15th, 2021, and this is episode 42. I'm your co-host, Pete. With me, as always, is my good friend, Howell. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I I hope that there's not too much background noise from my children running around back there. Um, Get them to bed, dude. I just noticed... You shaved your beard. No, no, I trimmed it. So I trimmed it a little bit lighter I, than I normally do. Mm, that's barely there on the on this side right there that you just showed me. That's yeah. it's barely there. Yeah, it is barely there. I did it. I usually do it, it on a nice. I usually do it on a three and a half, and I mm-hmm. did it on a three this time, and it's a way. But whatever, it was really bushy yesterday. Yeah, I had some good, like bu- you were I had some good bush jihad, going, which we'll get into a lot later. Wait, what now? Say it again. I said it looks. It looked like you were fighting jihad. <laughs> which we'll get into later that's but... a, that's appropriate <laughs> um no I'd, i, I was saying i had some good bush going until yesterday and then I well everything's all na- naturel these days so um, amen to that um yeah i've been thinking about shaving mine but i think i look pretty good with it so you do I'm you gonna, look like I'm a sexy keep beast it, keep it keep it around it uh, offsets your uh your your growing forehead <laughs> Is that because of my receding hairline? <laughs> Am I talking to Clay Kelsch here? What's going on? What's happening here? <laughs> hey, Clay. We love you. Um, yeah, I'm going to get a call about that you one. Can, you can see that from miles away. It's like a flash of light. Yep. Um, so how you been? What's up? Been good. Uh, kids start school this week. So that's nice. Um Got that going for you. Which Got is that nice. going for us. Uh, Maura's birthday is this week. It's Thursday. Um, my daughter's birthday is in two weeks. Um, it feels like uh, things are kind of, even though um, they were spiking in COVID cases, it kind of feels like we're getting back to normal, doesn't it? A little bit like like a fall kind of feels like football season's coming around and people are going back to school. and um, you know, Yeah, I... You know, Oak Park, where I live, it's um, the first, I think it might actually be the only um, town in Illinois that has now has a, a mask mandate, regardless of vaccination status. Oh, really? So that was a little weird, because we actually went, we went out, or we haven't been in in the village, like going to, mm-hmm. other than me going to the grocery store um, uh, at all, and today, or no, yesterday, I'm sorry, we went for breakfast um, at one of the diners, and... One didn't have outside seating because they're short staffed and we we were going to go eat inside and it was very uncomfortable. Just like there were, it was packed and not that we're that, you were that wearing worried. masks. Huh? 
You were wearing masks. We were wearing masks, no, but nobody else inside was for some reason because they were all oh. eating. They were all at their tables. Oh, right. The staff oh, okay. was. And it was just a little like, eh. So we went across the street and sat outside. Um, but still, seeing people walking around wearing masks again, it was kind of like, it's like, I don't know. Triggered. Tri- well, yeah, it just it, the anxiety kind of kicked up a little bit. But um, but yeah, I know I full know. well. But then today we had an ice cream social at my kid's school to, you know, for the new family kickoff. Um, we're we're not a new family, but we're a buddy family and um, nobody was wearing a mask. So that was fine. And it was, you know, weather was gorgeous and the kids were playing and that felt super, that felt really normal. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. Like I went into Trader Joe's last week and I wasn't wearing a mask, but then um, I wasn't feeling great. So I was like, I'll put on a mask. And then everyone in there was wearing a mask. So it was, I don't know. I think it'll be a while before people completely abandon masks, but for the most part, you know, like, Every concert, people were having concerts. We had Lollapalooza a couple of weeks. Oh ago. yeah, um, which the, which the Chicago Department of Public Health swears was not a super spreader event. Well, <laughs> I mean, you did have to have uh, either be vaccinated or a negative COVID test. Yeah. So that's a, I mean, seriously, COVID is never going away at this point. There's going to no. be some sort. It's it's endemic, right? Yeah. So you you know that's about if. That's gonna, how you're going to have to do big things like that at some point um, until we get vaccination status. Anyway, if, if we get to it in our agenda today, you know, I, I did want to talk about Delta variant and mm-hmm. how we've chosen to respond to it or not respond to it in not certain respond, yeah. cases and um, how ridiculous America looks because of some of the stuff we've chosen to prioritize. But mm-hmm. anyway, we have a lot to talk about. We do. Um, Speaking of how America looks right now. <laughs> yeah, well, the uh, topic that's on the news, all over the news today, um, not COVID, but would you like to intro it? Uh, Afghanistan <laughs> is now back completely in the hands of the Taliban by force. Yeah. You know, I was, I, I think we mentioned when Biden announced that all troop withdrawal of um, by 9-11 or of all American troops from Afghanistan. I think we mentioned it on this podcast, how, mm-hmm. you know, it was a, it was a silly messaging moment, you know, like the, the date of having troops withdrawn by the date of 9-11 really meant nothing other than the symbolism of, you know, 20 years on whatever. Right. Well, now they don't even get that message Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. um, it's, it's, what is it? August 15th. And as you said, Kabul fell today, basically. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was what they were saying two thirds of the country, like a day and a half or two days ago, all the major provincial capitals were in the hands of Taliban. And then they, they thought within the next two weeks, Kabul will fall. And then it fell. <laughs> Like immediately. Yeah. I, I remember when, you know, they announced the troop withdrawal, I kind of asked some friends who I knew who had, uh, and they were like, I think estimates were like six months to a year would be before. Right. Um, so again, another intelligence failure that I don't think they anticipated it going in a matter of what is it? Three, four weeks. Yeah. Um, maybe. Uh, so, I don't know. Do you did you know anyone who fought in Afghanistan or died in Afghanistan? Uh, I uh, 
Yes, but not well. I did have a, you know, the best man at my wedding did a tour in Iraq. Um, and That's uh, not Afghanistan. I know, but I'm things. saying war and terror. No, I, uh, I'm, I'm joking. Yes. Um, but I don't, I think, I, I mean, I do know of people, but not like close friends that served mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in Afghanistan. Uh, but still, I mean, I think anybody who served in Afghanistan and or Iraq is not happy right now with the way this has gone. And, you know, it's, I think, I think this is an embarrassment that is, um, I, I, I want to say it's wholly on the Biden administration. And I feel that this is certainly going to be his, his failure, um, if anything, because he sold, he, he tried to sell this as, as the Taliban being not necessarily a force of peace, but willing to, willing to engage in a peaceful transfer of, you know, whatever, not power, but transfer of the country. And obviously they've done everything with brute force. And, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of questions that Biden's going to have to answer for that he's not not willing to answer for right now. Watching some of the news today and the news shows, you know, Secretary Blinken was spinning as hard as he could. And I don't think doing a very good job. Um, so I think, uh, I think it's sad. I think it's a really sad day, especially for anybody who fought in... Um, uh, in the in in Afghanistan and Iraq. So, and actually, come to think of it, I do have a good friend who is a uh, F eighteen Navy pilot who was involved in the first days of mm-hmm. fighting the Taliban in October of two thousand and one. Um, yeah. But he was not he was not a ground combat guy. He was up obviously up in a jet. So, how do you feel yeah. about this? Well, I mean, I I think. I think it's 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 not just Biden's failure. It's every president's failure who has um, has been there, uh, you know. Because we shouldn't we should not have gone tried to nation build. Um, that was we would we would have been there if we wanted to hold that country together. We would have had to stay in perpetuity. The, it's clear now that mm-hmm. the Afghans had no will to fight for. Um, a nation as theirs. They're, they're, you know, a provincial tribal society that, you know, the people in Kunduz don't care about if their city falls, that it means Kandahar falls, that it means Kabul falls, that it means coast falls. Um, They, and I think Obama probably should have we went there. The mission, the initial mission was we're going to root out the terrorists, right? Mm-hmm. It was not to build a nation. Right. And when the Obama administration uh, killed bin Laden, um, he was in Pakistan, but it was largely thanks to the the effort they had done in Afghanistan as well to root out everything and push him to that point. Um, probably looking back, We'll say we probably should have left then because that was essentially the the main mission. Um, but I think the Obama administration probably thought, well, if we leave now, uh, there could be a vacuum, and we'll also look terrible because we've destroyed this country, and now we owe it to these people to help rebuild it. Well, you know, I I mean I don't want to put it all on the Afghan people, but like they we were trying to rebuild it in a way that didn't mesh with them and and their lifestyle or who they are. And then Trump 
administration, you know, he was back and forth. He was flip-flopping. I'm going to, my gut tells me to pull out, um, but I'm going to keep it there, keep troops there. And then they had negotiations and Cutter and, um, I remember when Obama, um, announced in 2014 that he was withdraw, you know, a troop withdrawal, the Republicans, you know, pounced and said, you can't, you can't expect, um, the Taliban to negotiate a, a, a peace when you say you're pulling out your troops. Sure. I understand that, that argument. Um, so what you just keep, you just stay forever until I, I, I mean, they were just literally the Taliban was just sitting in the Hills waiting and you know, yeah. an insurgency for the last 20, 20 years. Um, my mentality, my, my sentiment is that uh, generally that this, what happened today or this week, last couple of weeks was going to happen no matter when we left. Yeah. Um, and you know, Biden for whatever reason, um, decided, I think partially because he got bad intelligence about how long it would take, it wouldn't be this precipitous and look so bad. Um, he, he took, he made the decision that, that now was the time he was the person who was going to do it. And yeah, I mean, he has to own this image imagery of essentially a set, like a Vietnam, you know, Americans flying out on helicopters, Mm -hmm. escaping, you know, America's gone back on its promise, 20 years of fighting trillions of dollars spent is now, what was it for? And he's got to, I mean, he's got to own that. Um, the one thought I did have was, is it, could it be an indication that he's not planning to run again? Because he's like, I'm going to do the dirty work. I'm going to rip this bandaid off and take the hit for it. And maybe he's decided it, maybe it, it could, ca- it could be a factor in um, whether or not he runs again. That said, ultimately, I don't think Americans care about Afghanistan. Um, other than, to to rip each other rip the other one of <laughs> the other side for their actions or or um stance on afghanistan i mean I, I i agree with you that i mean i think we talked about this i agree with you that i'm not for an endless war and for us to be there in perpetuity i think what what biden owns here is the sloppiness and what looks as a very um not well thought out pull out of 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 afghanistan having to pull troops out and then all of a sudden have to send another 3000 back in or 2500 or whatever it is to try and get everybody out as quickly as they could in the next couple of days. Um, there could have been an attempt or maybe I'd like to think there maybe was some back channel attempt to do this, but it doesn't look like there was to uh, negotiate an additional few months so that they could have processed uh, some visas, removed personnel, you know, removed all of the personnel, got rid of sensitive information and materials within the embassy and then get out of there. But now it's hard to believe that we're not leaving people behind, probably not Americans, but certainly people who are waiting for some sort of special immigration visa. We're leaving behind probably sensitive material, intelligence material in the embassy and arms and munitions and military hardware. I mean, it's hard to believe that we're not going to leave that stuff behind. And it's now in the hands of a terrorist organization. Um, 
I think that's what he owns. I don't. I, I agree. I think he the bandit had to be pulled off, and I don't think America gives. I don't think everyday Americans give you know a crap about the Afghan people. But this is that's going to be his failure. Is the fact that it was so sloppy. They could have come in. They could have. They could have negotiated for more time. Kept, kept troops there. I mean, as long as there were troops on the ground in Kabul, Taliban were were not going to come into the city. They weren't. They would not risk their own people to do that. They would have just waited it out. They'd already waited 20 years. They're going to wait another, you know, five, six months. Right. Yes. Um, so I think that's what the administration is going to have to reconcile with, with the American public when they get asked about this sort of thing. And I don't think they've had a good answer. And I don't think the people they've put on TV, like Secretary Blinken or even um, uh, Biden himself, when he's been asked about it, he's kind of vo- he's kind of dodged the question. And then he went to Camp David this weekend. So it's all just a bad look. Um for how this has been handled um, the last, you know, couple weeks. You know, I feel terrible for the, the, the women and young girls who yeah, have totally spent 15, 20 years going to school, mm-hmm. getting educated, not being um, young, bri- young brides. Uh, I feel terrible for those who supported the effort and, and, tried to to support coalition forces and and build their make their country stronger um who now face the prospect of retaliation mm-hmm. execution yeah um <clears throat> you know with regards to the the treatment of women in the the country um we're uh we're never we're never going to um that's not going to be a reason to stay in Afghanistan forever right Right. Um, at least it shouldn't be. I don't think. Uh, but I, like I said, I think we we had negotiated with the Taliban, and we've already seen they have violated a lot of what they said they wouldn't do in the initial right. conversations, yeah. which is they promised no retaliation, but there have already been um, stories yeah. of beheadings yeah. and. Um, executions going after interpreters who helped American personnel in the country. Yeah. That sort of thing. That just tell, that just tells me that we could have negotiated with those guys for years. And, and, you know, I think that they would never have lived up to their end of the bargain. And I think at this point, the message to them should be, okay, we're leaving. We got every, we're going to try to get everyone out that we can there better not be, we better not hear of ISIS or Al Qaeda here, or we're throwing 50 Moabs at you mm-hmm. every time we get some tip off of that and just give them the, the, the stick up front and say, you know, at that, at that, at this point, that's what we have to worry about is keeping it from becoming a sanctuary for, for extremism. Um, and just let them maybe let Pakistan, India, China, um, kind of deal with it regionally, but yeah, it's certainly not. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a terrible, well, it's the first time foreign policy has really dominated the the news and right. And in a long time. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but also to your point too, about, you know, we couldn't trust the Taliban. I mean, Liz Cheney said, and I, I, I think I agree with her that it's on that aspect of it is certainly on Trump and Pompeo for, legitimizing the Taliban by doing those 
weird negotiations last year Cutter. Um, in Cutter. Um, and that that's if if the Trump administration holds any blame here, it's on that aspect of it. Um, I think I think I agree with that. And I, I definitely agree that they that the Trump administration legitimized the Taliban in a way that I don't think any president would have before him. But well, he was uh, all about legitimizing foreign leaders that didn't <laughs> be legitimized. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> but um, yeah, beautiful but I, people. But like I said, like I think all this haphazard way of doing things is certainly uh, or doing this this haphazard haphazard way of of uh, getting out of Afghanistan in the last few days is definitely on definitely on Biden. Yeah, well, I mean, a question for you is, um, do you, like, I just don't think it's going to, like, register. I don't know that anyone that's going to, maybe maybe someone would. I can't, maybe some troops would, would not vote for Biden because of doing this. Um, uh, but outside of the, like, who, who cares about Afghanistan? Um, it's not like you know, the, the foreign, the threat from foreign terrorism is a top of the minds like it was for so many years, but who, who, I mean, like, who is that going to influence in an election that, um, I don't know. I I think, I I think the Republicans will certainly try and hang this, you know, hang this around. Oh, for sure. They already are. That they're going to, that this makes us unsafe. That this does make us more vulnerable to terrorist attacks. Um, that it's can't prove that yet, but well, you it, can make that argument. You can make the argument, and then you can also make the argument that there's no doubt that Afghanistan is going to go back to being a breeding ground for Al Qaeda and ISIS, like you mentioned, and that you know terror training camps are going to flourish once again. Uh, sorry, my stomach, my stomach just rumbled in me. I don't know if the <laughs> no, please, that up. this is a safe space. Uh, anyway, um, but um, yeah, so I think they will. That will certainly be, and and also, I mean. The response that the that the administration has had in the last couple of days to all these questions, they kind of deserve it almost because they're not they're trying they're trying their best to to spin their way out of it and there's no way to do it. I mean they've brought up several points and actually I think Politico did a really good job of covering this. Like you mentioned, you know how uh, this looks like Saigon when we were removing people in helicopters. Well, and of course uh, Blinken and. Jen Psaki and all these people in the administration are saying this is not a Saigon and you know they're losing that argument and then what are some other points that Politico brought up that I thought were really really interesting um, that the White House was actually prepared for this which is clearly not true um, and that uh, we couldn't wait any longer that's true but we could have figured out a way to hold on for a few more months to do this more orderly and in a better way and that and then the last one i think that the politico brought up was that it's all trump's fault which is not is not true i mean the way that this was handled is not trump's fault but politico said it was all trump's fault or the, uh, the, the no 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 that the administration that this, is saying it's trump's fault that that the administrate that people in the administration or people tied to the administration have made these four points oh, when okay when oh, right. politico was reporting on that um well i think this is a this is an american failure we went into the country with with mixed goals mm-hmm. after 9-11 we should have just gone in rooted out terrorism the terrorist camps and realize that, you know, a, a nation to build a nation, they have to want to build a nation. Right. And we're, we were never going to install democracy, a lasting democracy mm-hmm. 
in Afghanistan and um and it always felt like a we have so many problems at home in America that you know to spend billions every year on Afghanistan and I don't know what the total cost is of Afghanistan but I think it's in the trillions um you know imagine if that money had gone to infrastructure or schools or I mean, it's, it was defense budget, but, you know, um, it's, it, you know, even if we had just cut it off 10 years ago, we've saved hundreds of billions of dollars. And, um, and I think in hindsight, yeah, I mean, it may be the last major ground war we fight as a country. Yeah. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see how this the next few days. I mean, I was going to say this is going to be interesting to see how the next few months, you know, unfold, but really it's the next couple days. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, it, I think this is going to get worse and it's going to be interesting to see how, what the spillover effect is. I mean, just in the region itself, not even just in Afghanistan, but how does this, what does this do to Pakistan? How does this do with the relation between Afghanistan and China um, or the Taliban in China? Because, you know, I've seen reports that, that's a relationship that China is very interested in strengthening because of um, mineral deposits in Afghanistan that China would like to have access to. And um, good, let it be their problem. Uh, sure, but it's but still, it's it it it, it further destabilizes not just U.S. Afghanistan relations, but really the whole region, and then throwing China into the mix, and I would even assume Russia to some extent. It's the foreign policy is going to get super interesting over the next <laughs> over the next few uh, few weeks and months. Um, well, I I think it would we should just say thank you to all those who served. Absolutely. And, uh, um, you know, we know that you weren't making the decisions, but you were out there, you know, serving your country and protecting us. Um, and I do think that it did make a difference. Uh, you know, we've essentially decimated Al Qaeda thanks to that effort, and probably saved, stopped countless um, would-be plots on America, both at home and abroad. So, um, you know, I think if we can, and I think I mentioned this when we when we first started talking about this, maintaining that ability to incapacitate. Or or strike against um, uh, terrorist entities in Afghanistan is really will be really be if you as long if they if they lose that it will truly be a, a, a catastrophic sort of failure. But if we can have some sort of semblance of agreement of like we will go after these people in their country, mm-hmm. um, then or even if it's a tacit agreement, then I think. It can be mi- mitigated, but yeah. Um, did you see this, this pictures of the Taliban and the like the presidential palace today that were all over the news? Yeah, yeah. it kind of looked like the January sixth insurrection, <laughs> where they're like, like what 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 are we doing here? What do we do now? Yeah, like uh, let's sit on the president's desk and yeah. Um, uh, and President Ghani, he's he. Where, where did he take off to? I know he. I mean, he Tajikistan. Tajikistan's ran it up. Yeah, yeah. 
He'll probably be living in in Fairfax pretty soon. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on our in our um, country because I'm sure they would yeah. love to take some uh, use him for target practice. Right, right. Um, but you know we've got the 20 year anniversary of 9 11 coming up. In how do you feel about in, that? Um, Where were you? I I lived off Glebe Road. Oh, you were in DC uh, at that point. I lived off Glebe okay. Road. Yep. Did you ever visit me at that place? I don't um, think I ever did. Where um, it was like a, yeah, it was right there at Glebe, right near Jefferson Davis Highway, or I guess it's just US 1 now, yeah, right? Route 1 now, we, yeah. We discussed this. Um, and yeah, I was, so about, what, a two miles from the Pentagon? Yeah. Um, and the night of the, the day of the attacks... Obviously, I stayed at home and watched the news. But that night, I ran up to the hillside that overlooks Pentagon City, mm-hmm. and you could still see the fire yeah. raging um, at the Pentagon. I know that. Expe- and, I know that spot you're talking about. Yeah, and you were you were in Arlington, not Arlington. I lived in Alexandria, Alexandria. But I mean, obviously, right. I was on the hill the morning of. <clears throat> yeah, I you know my my daughter knows about nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I assume they'll have some sort of memorial on I hope so. 9-11. Uh, but yeah, it's not a it's not a great look going into 9-11 in that, you know, October 7th, 20, 2001 is when we in, started bombing Afghanistan. And yeah. now, now it's back in the hands of those who we took it from. I don't know, man. I'm, I, I am worried about the safety of the country now. Um I'm just, uh, I'm going to, yeah, I don't, I really don't know what this means from, from a terrorism standpoint on how, what this impact is going to be and how long it's going to take for us to feel the impact, if at all. Maybe we won't. I'm not trying to bring alarm bells, but it certainly enters into the, enters into the front of mind with, especially with the anniversary coming up. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel like the terrorists these days are like, we don't really need to do anything to America. They're just tearing themselves apart. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong, but, you know, but uh, um, I mean, and that is actually, that's a good point because the fastest way to unite the country is to attack us. And I mean, well, right after that would have been the, that would have been the case, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I don't know if that would be the case anymore. Really? I mean, we can't even fight a pandemic that, you know, the, the, the enemy is a, a, a virus and we can't even fight that successfully as one country. Yeah. Um, so actually I wanted to read um, here. Give me a second. Uh, I thought, you know, you know, Tom Nichols, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, you know who he is? I believe so. I think, remind me, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the right thing, the right person. Um, Former Republican, he's pretty big anti-Trumper. Um, from Vir- uh, not from Virginia, from uh... so he had a he had a nice a thread that I'll just read it all. It was um, policy analyst hat on the exit from Afghanistan is going to be a case study in policy fuck ups for years to come in war colleges and policy schools. Quick guess, somewhere in the bureaucracy, they didn't want to start the process because it would telegraph panic. Um, sorry. 
maybe that wasn't the one I wanted. Uh, Is this on Twitter? Yeah. Um. He. Yeah, he's he, this is Yeah, he 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 basically prescribes it to um us being it's a failure of American people and American, you know, we continue to vote these people into office and um that we are not a serious people, we can't even deal with a pandemic uh appropriately and it's on us as a nation um, that we should have made hard choices long ago about Afghanistan and we never, never did. Um, anyway, this is, uh, yeah, oh my God, he, his timeline must have just got blown up. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's unfortunate. I, again, I think it would happen if we had done this in 20 years from now. But, um, and I, I, I do wonder if Biden, you know, will take political hit for this either, um, because people don't care or he'll just be like, he's made the calculation that if it's too big of a hit, he can just step aside and maybe someone else will run. But then again, that raises a whole new can of worms of who would run. Um, but yeah, because there's, there's been a lot of issues with, um, especially rumors and, and, uh, you know, the press about how Kamala Harris is, whether or not she's actually prepared to take over. Right. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of leaks coming out about, I think, not necessarily her inner circle, but certainly from the administration about how she's just, she and her staff are woefully unprepared for anything. But I don't know if that's true, but that's what's being said. Um. All right. Well, should we move on? Yes, let's move on. What do you want to talk about next? I'll, I'll, we have a couple of things that we could talk about, but I'll leave it to you. We can maybe talk about one more thing. I mean, we should do the we should talk about the 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 Delta variant and the surge. Yes, let's. Please. We need to. We need to. Go I would love that. to. Um, how do you? Right, so, what's what's your take at this point? I, I know we've uh, kind of talked about how we can't even fight a pandemic as one country. We did for, yeah. I kind of feel like we did for a while, or at least most of the country was on board. And I think definitely now that we got a kind of a taste of what life was like after, you know, everybody started getting vaccinated or, we, or people started getting vaccinated and mask mandates were removed and cities opened up a little bit and businesses were able to start operating a little bit more, you know, in a normal way. And now with this, all of a sudden, well, we got to stop again because the Delta variant is, is, is yeah. here. And now people are freaking well, out again. Yeah. I think there's two things I would say. The first is, as I mentioned before, I think COVID is going to be endemic. And at some point, um, we have to just accept that we live with COVID from now on. Um, right. And if you've chosen to get the vaccine, then you can go out and live your life uh, and, you know, probably pretty be pretty safe now obviously kids can't get it yet which is an issue um but at some point as long as people aren't dying in droves you know it's like it's gonna be with us but we've yeah. we've managed it the other thing i would say is the 
the tripling down and quadrupling down on why I'm not going to get a vaccine or why mask mandates are against anti-American to me is maddening. You know, I I was saying this to someone recently. America isn't just 350 million people making individual decisions for themselves. At some level of America, you know, whether it be your 10 people in your HOA or your um, local uh, jurisdiction, municipality, or your city, or your state, we make decisions as a group. Um, and to actively ban mask mandates to mm. me is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I agree. A school jurisdiction should be able to make a decision for their school on what they think should be the best course of action. And just because you want to see your child smile, you do not get to make that. That does not give you a reason to overcome the decision that people as a group in a democracy have made for their community. Um, And it, to me, people, People lack a fundamental understanding of what it means to live in a democracy and to and how it's supposed to be built up and function. And it's been dumbed down to almost a like Dr. Seuss level of America means individual rights. And and I, I probably just impugn Dr. Seuss by comparing him. Oh, I, wait, wait, I can't even talk about Dr. Seuss, can I? Because no, he's been canceled. He's been canceled too. <laughs> um, anyway, I think you see what I'm saying is that yeah. to you, you, I'm fine with not issuing mask mandates and leaving it to local jurisdictions because I think at this point, everyone knows the seriousness of it and there's enough information about it to make the right choices. But to actively ban mask mandates, I think is stupid, harmful, and cynical political ploy. I think banning I think it's I think it's totally political and the people that are doing it are playing to the lowest common denominator. At the end of the day though, if these are the same the the people who are out there protesting that they don't want their kids wearing masks in schools are the same people that aren't getting the vaccine. For right. whatever reason, whether they're anti-vax or they just don't trust uh, a, a not fully approved, you know, product from the FDA, you know, whatever it is. If but if they were actually really that concerned, they would be getting the vaccine. So I, I don't know. I don't know where the disconnect is there, but it's it's pretty ridiculous that governors are wasting time signing these, you know, mask mandate bans when it's the same people who are refusing to get the vaccine because one, they think they have immunity because they had COVID before or that they haven't had it and, or don't think it's a big deal or think it's just like a bad flu or whatever. Um, so you're, no matter how the politics play out, you're just playing to the lowest common denominator on in either, in either street. And the people are wearing masks to protect the unvaccinated. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's some somewhere along the line. This whole thing got a mask represented 
an individual choice about protecting yourself, right. which is the wrong way to look at it. Yes. A mask represents uh, you looking out for your community. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I don't know that all Americans are as, or the, the unvaccinated that are choo- actively ch- can get it and are choosing to not get it. I don't know that they're all that selfish, I think they almost have a, a, a political. I assume it's a political or sickness, um, because I would imagine if that person was walking along the street and saw someone fall on a bike and hurt themselves, that most of those people would probably stop and try to help that person out, um, and they're probably good people. But they, it's. I don't know what is causing them to act this way and it and it really it's really disappointing to me is all i'll say well Um, i think the actually the one the one thing that brought a little bit of normalcy to life in the last year and a half was being able to take my kids to school last year um and we were able to do that because everybody wore masks kids teachers parents walking to and from school but that was the only weird aspect of it was the masks but it made me feel normal to walk my kids to school and let them go to a classroom. And all these people who keep saying, well, kids can't learn wearing a mask, which I think is utter bullshit because my kids and their, their uh, classmates thrived in the past year. Now, can they learn over a computer screen on zoom? I don't think they can learn doing that very well, but to be in person. And if the only inconvenience is wearing a mask, those kids are still socializing. They're still, Learning, they're just still learning in a classroom, face to face with their teacher. Who gives a shit if they're wearing a mask or not? Because right. that's not it's, that's not the hindrance of them it's actually such have a, a small. Full, it's such a small thing. Yeah, it's and that's what to tie it back to Afghanistan is like. If we can't wear a fucking cloth mask to help our community out, do you think people are going to sign up to go um, right. to Afghanistan or a foreign country and? you know, volunteer army to go fight something that they don't even necessarily like, I don't know that I want to defend those people. (laughs) Well, and that it's, and, and like you were saying, I mean, like we were saying, it's, it was 20 years ago that that started. Do you think there's a, there is a generation and a half of of people who have no clue what that means or what, what, what Afghanistan even means anymore. And it's because they weren't either, they weren't old enough or they weren't born yet to, from uh, it to be around when nine eleven happened, I, it, in a way, I think it's it. It may be a a symbol of a decadent society that has not had to sacrifice um, for much uh, over the last forty fifty years. I think I agree with that. Oh, look at that! I think I agree common with that. ground. No, I, th- I think um, we. I think we, in the last fifteen years, we certainly have become a very decadent society where we haven't had to give up anything for each other or for our country in general. Yeah, um, and at least I don't know. Not talking about people who serve, who are serving and have served. I'm right. talking about the people who didn't and got to sit back and watch it all happen on TV and in news and be president. And be. Pre- <laughs> um, have we talked about this on? Like I'm really passionate. I think that uh, a, a national year of service should be something that, even if it's not federally mandated, it's like becomes 
something everyone does where you go and you don't have to, you don't have to serve in the military, but you could be working the parks department or you could um, teach in a school with like kids, you know, night, it's anytime between 19 and 25, you have to do a year of service where you work with people from all over America. Um, you sacrifice for a year. And I think it teaches you a lot when you, when you get in a situation like that. Um, and when I, you know, when I worked on the Hill, there was this, there were the folks who had the, the legislation to do that. And both Republicans and Democrats have had this idea before where if you do a year of national service of some kind, you get college paid for or yeah. some sort of tuition forgiveness or whatever. And I've, I've always thought that that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, not, I mean, you're not, yeah, I, I, how it's structured and how it's done and where you do it and all that. I mean, that's, I mean, I feel like you, today debated, you could set up grants where, you know, it's done almost entirely by, you know, a loose affiliation of a hundred organizations yeah. that, you know, it doesn't have to be federally run. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I just think it would be a great idea to, to get people talking across cultures and income levels and, um, you know, you see it in, in Israel. I always, I, I hate, I always bring up Israel, but like, you know, they have conscription. Everyone has to serve, uh, in the military yeah. and, and they are a people that believe, you know, they have their many differences, but ultimately, you know, they, they rally around their country when times need it and support and, you know, support their country. And, they faced a lot. We have not faced a lot. And I, it's just something that I think really shines through, through all of the COVID and, and, and this is that we, we, I don't know if, if COVID couldn't bring us together, I'm not sure what would anymore. No, I think, I think you're right. I mean, it's kind of uh, watching the Olympics, which, you know, just wrapped up not too long ago. It, that was the first time I, for two straight weeks where you didn't necessarily have people, shitting all over our country, you know, Americans shitting all over our own country or on our flag. And everybody was kind of cheering USA, USA for a change. And I don't know. Did you uh, pay attention to like Fox news or, or one America no. news? No. Or I, I just watched, they were, I just watched the NBC they were, coverage. <laughs> they were cheering that the U S women's team only got bronze. Um, we, because it was an indictment on their, their woke, uh, politics, which is just absolutely silly to me, but right. But point being, I think everyday Americans who just watched the coverage, I kind of feel like there was a little bit of general pride, pride and some of the yeah. stories that were told, especially some of our athletes who won gold and or won medals in general. Um, some of the stories that they told on how proud they were to be serving their country or to be representing their country. Um, that was all great to hear for a change. And it's just sad that it, that's the Olympics and that's only happens every four years. Well, two, if you talk about the changeoff for winter and summer, but I think you're right. I think at national service or having something, it's almost like having skin in the game in the American dream, yes. the American yeah. ideal, which we don't really have anymore. And we've kind of depended on generations of people serving in the military for these points in our history to sort of fuel that. And, as as you said, with Afghanistan maybe being our last ground war ever, um, or potentially could be, we might not even have that anymore with 
with warfare being automated with drones and you know mm-hmm. you know cyber warfare and all that people might not have to have bullets cyborgs you know yeah people might not have to have bullets whizzing by their head in you know some far off country um so it's I, I you know i certainly think it's a good idea i don't know how you structure it or how you do it but that's something we can debate but um we need something to ignite some pride in our country um which can i think if you if you do this sort of investment can actually help solve a lot of the issues around, you know, racial tension and social justice. Yeah, and for sure. It's, I think the, the dividends would be paid out would be, you know, would be pretty far reaching and um, can only be a good thing. Totally. Although I'm sure there's people who I know that would argue uh, against it for as being some sort of, you know, Marxist, socialist, uh, Leninist right. uh, plot. It would be an indoctrination. Yeah, to get um, us to yeah. socialize medicine. Which is and, why I say, you know, it doesn't have to be run by the federal yeah. government. It just needs to, But yes, I, I mean, that is the, the big pushback is, well, we're, we're free in America. We, we, we don't have to do that if we don't want to. Well, yeah, I mean, but you should want to. But you should right? want to. Right. If you just really, because you can't you really you can do something. Right. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you, sh- you should. Yeah. Um, we need to stop saying we're the best country in the world because we're free. Like, I think uh, what was it the Aaron Sorkin on the uh, the newsroom that pilot episode where it. oh you didn't watch it so the pilot episode uh, they ask uh, you know why is America the greatest country and one of the conservative commentator that they ask is like uh, freedom and freedom and somebody responds with it's freedom really there's you know two hundred something sovereign nations and like one hundred ninety of them have freedom like was it why is that so special now it's not it's it's what makes us a good country or what makes a great country is the pride that its citizens have towards that country and that's something that i think has been lacking certainly in the last you know five to ten years well yeah on both sides i mean you know mm-hmm. you have people apologizing um and then obviously i don't know if you followed tucker carlson was in hungary um fawning what over that all about? orban oh god yeah we can talk about that another time but you know Please. when when we're holding ourselves up to be a model of a, a totalitarian takeover um by by a right by the a right authoritarian you know we've we've gone astray yeah. so um all right well can i uh can i talk about the marjorie taylor i've been waiting for it the marjorie, marjorie taylor, taylor green crazy. clip of the week and you haven't even told me what it is i'm dying i'm on the edge of my seat here well she was suspended from twitter again i, I don't know that. if you knew that i did know that um and i was initially going to use that her comments there and i think it was about like COVID, something about downplaying the severity of COVID. Oh, didn't um, she say like uh, the 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 hospitals are full? But that's what did she say? Yeah. So so th- this is actually what. So that was not what got her suspended. But um, on she got her punched in the face. But whatever. She on an interview uh, later in the week, she um, when someone mentioned to her about, you know, hospitals reaching capacity. She said, well, you know, we all can't live forever. That was her response. (laughs) I did see that. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, that is the most intelligent response I've ever heard in my life. When, when you've gotten to the point that your talking point is, well, we're all going to die anyway. Um, I think she is a beacon of might, hope for the entire. You country. might want to re- rethink some things. So that's your Marjorie MTG crazy of the week. Oh, I love MTG. We should have yeah. her on the show. 
I, she might come on. She might actually. She'd, probably te- she'd tell us we were canceling her as we were talking <laughs> to her and having her on our show. Um, are you into anything these days? Oh, uh, not really. Um, oh, man. I know. Come on. I have it's I've been bored I've been really boring the last like three, four weeks and haven't had any tickets. It's kind of been slow, summer slow these days. It has. I'm wait I'm I'm getting I'm all right, I'm into oh, you know what actually I'm into? Um I don't know if you saw did you watch any of the Field of Dreams White Sox Yankees game? The game? Yeah. I saw a couple innings. I I didn't see the I didn't see the walk off at the end. It actually reignited my uh, interest in baseball this season in general and get me back into Braves are in Braves are are in first. Yep. They're playing really well right now, which is great. It's Uh, because they're playing the nationals. Well, yeah, they crushed them. Was it 10 (laughs) to two yesterday or something like that? 10 to four. Um, but I had this conversation with my father-in-law today, actually, because we were talking about the game and I said, it's the thing that the all-star game or all-star weekend tries to be. It tries to reignite like the field of dreams thing was. No, I was just saying it's, it, Field of Dreams accomplished what Major League Baseball oh. tries to get the All Star Game to do, which is like ignite interest in in the season, ignite mm-hmm. interest in the players and the games. Which the all it just the All Star Game in in MLB. I think all 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 Star Games are like this, but in no matter of the sport, but especially in baseball, like I think the Home Run Derby is stupid and a waste of time. I think the game itself is the All Star Game itself is stupid and a waste of time. They try to create this interest by making the winner of the game be the home field advantage for the World Series, but that's silly. It should always be the team that's got the best record in baseball should have home field advantage because that's the point. Yeah. Um, but if they, I hope they make this. I know they want to make this an annual thing. I think they're doing it next year. Um, but similar to it what kind of peaked this year though. They should like you can only go down from here. Uh, that's true, but it 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 enhances. I've always felt like baseball, especially historically, baseball has been a very romantic sport. Like you know that line from you know Moneyball and you know how can you not be romantic about baseball? Um, and it hasn't had that moment for a while for a long time. And I kind of feel like the, that game did it for at least this season. And I hope they figure out a way to keep that going going forward. Um, I. I think it's cool. The players came out of the cornfield. I, I think that's like, awesome. That's so damn yeah. cool. And having, and having Kevin Costner Maybe we're there cheesy. and the way that it ended with a walk-off home run. And, you know, I didn't even care who was playing. It was just, it was right. good baseball. They were wearing the old, old uniforms like that. Yeah. That shit is what gets you going. And that's what makes you really care about sports is seeing that the nostalgia again and, and getting yeah. those old feelings of why you started watching the sport in the first place. And, uh, it's no longer just, you know, you know, baseball is no longer a, um, you know, just a placeholder for when football starts again or college football <laughs> kicks off, which I can't wait for that, for that to happen. Um, right. It's, that's soon, right? That's very soon. Oh God, I can't wait. That Georgia Clemson game. I'm going to be JT Daniels. Oh, that kid's going to be amazing. Um, but anyway, um, that's what I'm into. I'm, I'm actually, and I actually, I found myself, I watched the Braves nationals game yesterday or parts of it. At least I got watched on MLB network. Um, so I'm really. It made me really care about baseball again. I've always been a big Atlanta Braves fan and will be forever. But that that certainly made me care more about the sport as a whole instead of just my hometown team. Cool. Yeah. About you, anything? Um, I've been watching White Lotus. On Ooh, is HBO that good? Tonight. It's pretty good. Tonight's actually the season finale. Is so um, it's so a got... walk through what it, what it's about. In case people haven't, so it opens the first 
scene is at the airport, the Hawaii airport. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the characters is telling other passengers, yeah, there's a dead body on that plane coming from the white Lotus, uh, um, uh, resort. Mm-hmm. And so, and then it flashes back 10 days or whatever. And you see the three main groups coming onto the Island, which one is of, one of which is Alexandra Daddario, who is yes, super she's hot. A, she's a new she's a newlywed with her husband there's a family which is the the parents are steve zahn and connie Britton. nice and then there is um stifler's mom yep um and (laughs) i know her name but that's what i would call her (laughs) (laughs) um and their paths kind of cross while they're at the um uh resort and um you know they're very they're all, it's a very wealthy resort so it's like um this wealthy family dysfunction within the wealthy families and um and just kind of their stories intertwine over the next several days oh and then obviously the one of the other main characters is the resort manager mm-hmm. um who's this uh sober uh australian guy who falls off the wagon during it and then like things happen um so i've got to finish the last episode but yeah, it, I binged it. I watched it in like, it's six episodes. I watched it. They're an hour long. I watched it in like three days. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's been a while since I've binged a show like that. I need I need Ozark to come back so we can... Uh, when does that premiere? We can binge it. I don't know. Oh, God, Is it God. soon? I hope so. I know they're yeah. doing... It's They're splitting it into two seasons. Because uh, um, they're doing like, f- instead of 10 episodes, it's going to be 14, but they're going to split it in two. Okay. Or something like that. Doing the Breaking Bad model. Yeah. yeah so that's what I'm into. That's cool. I'll let you know next time we talk how it ended. Yeah, more and I were looking for a show last night, uh, and we actually came across – I had seen the preview or the, the promo for White Lotus and thought, oh, that could be interesting. And then we watched it last night, and we're. it looks – the premise looks weird, or it makes it look like a very strange kind of show. So we were like, oh, let's hold off, and maybe we'll watch it. But now I think we'll – It's actually – it's I would it's a dark – comedy okay. i would say um and it's directed by mike white do you know mike i white? do know mike white he was in uh, school of rock school of rock yeah. yes he's a ned, ned schneebly ned schneebly he's a weird dude <laughs> it, it, yeah he's got a daughter who's also an actress i think i think so but yeah i didn't realize he i didn't realize he was like a he's a pretty big deal in like the in like directing now and yeah uh, and producing yep. and write and yeah. screenwriting it's it it's been very well received. I think he could potentially get an Emmy nomination for That's it. That's pretty cool. So, um, but yeah, I like con- <laughs> I like all the actors in it. Yeah, um, I love so Steve. Zahn. I recommend it. Yeah, he's he's good yeah. in it too. Yeah. Uh so anyway, cool man. That's it. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks all for right. uh, thanks for participating. Thanks for being here. Uh, follow us on uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at Bros Politics. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, uh, Amazon, and Spotify. And we should go to a casino <laughs> very soon. Good night.